Hey, it's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. And I'm here with John McAlevey, as promised. Matt's uh, wrapping up the Rangers Devils at The Rock. So he's not with us, but he'll certainly join us on a later show. We definitely have one more show for sure, because we want to cover the final four. But before we get into all that, John, and we'll get into Cooley too, because we saved that for you, John. Providence Ooh. grad. Uh, and I know, I know. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. But I, I'd like to get your take. Uh, we we talked about it at the last show. Um, obviously, you got my disappointment. And by the way, yeah, I love I love the Rockers. You know, I love my team. Uh, you know, I think Coach Peichel's doing a phenomenal job. Um, does it? You know, still was a, a disappointing ending. But you know, sometimes I, I really hang it on hard, only because you know you want to see your team do well, right? But um, but it was a disappointing end to to Rockers season. And Seton Hall's, for that matter, too. You, you're locked into the Big East, John. So, you know, take us through the two teams. Start with Rutgers. And what what'd you what were your thoughts uh, about, you know, the way they ended? Well, I was, first of all, I was surprised that they they did not get into the NCAA tournament. And I, I really think that it came down to a couple of teams. And, and quite frankly, I had seen written in some places that it was – the Providence spot that it was, they were the last two teams It came down to Providence and or Rutgers get in. And, you know, I would have been floored that they, if my guys didn't get in, I know that you probably felt the same way. Um, and I really thought that they were going to get in. I was surprised at some of the, some of the big 10 teams that, that did get in. Um, and then you, you take a look at what the big 10 did in the tournament and they, Basically, you know, you know what the bed. I mean, they were terrible in the, in the tournament. Yeah. Um, and Rutgers had beaten a lot of those teams. I mean, yeah. Rutgers beat Michigan State. Rutgers beat Purdue at Purdue. They they beat you know a Indiana. lot of Indiana. And I and I was I was really surprised. And I thought that Maryland that was snub that they should have gotten in. Yeah. That said, um, you 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 have that fire in your belly and your venom in your tongue and you want to go out and take out your pound of flesh on somebody you're given a home game in the NIT and to, to bow out the way they did against Hofstra. Um, listen, Speedy Claxton is an up and coming young coach. And I think, you know, Hofstra is, is a very good team. They had a very good season, but you have to beat Hofstra at home. I mean, there's, 100%. You, you just can't lose that game. And, and, you know, we, we lamented about it last week and, and there's no question that they uh, were demoralized and flattened yeah. and deflated. And, um, but it's still, as you just said, we really described, it's no excuse. Then you got to go out there and you got to, well, then you got a chip on your shoulder and you got to prove something. And, um, you know, uh, you know, Hofstra was playing well and they, you know, maybe surprised Rutgers a little bit. Um, their offense was certainly potent. Um, yeah. But I, I, I made the point last week that if Rutgers played defense the way they were playing in the Big Ten and the way they played it in the Big Ten tournament against Michigan, for example, in the second half, uh, you know, against Penn State uh, at the end of the season, really to save their season and keep in, and their post their postseason pl- um, hopes alive. Um, those games that they won, that they won with defense. And, you know, where was it? Uh, it, it you know, it was not. And then, you know, just bowing out at the rack as well. Was, was yeah, tough, I mean, you give up yeah. 88 points. I mean, we're, we laugh 
you and I mostly laugh when we do the shows that, yeah. you know, at Rutgers place and that, oh, it's going to be another rock fight. It's right. be another rock fight. Well, well this no. was, this wasn't a rock fight. This was a rocket fuel fight, 88 to 86. Yeah. I mean, sure, it was overtime. You had another five minutes added to it. But yeah. that's a zillion points. And you, you know? look I mean, at that. that. You look at the, from? you know, Rutgers identity is a defensive team. And, and I don't care how good. There's plenty of very good offensive teams that, that Rutgers has, has, has played very well defensively. So, you know, it, it, and we can go on and on. It's just that it was, it was it's extremely disappointing, and especially to lose four in a row, um, right. you know, to, at the rack, man. That's, that's yeah. it's so, you know, it's just really, that was the thing that really, really uh, surprised me. But, you know, it's water under the bridge at this point. Um, yes. But, but you, I have to tell you, yeah. um, one of the, a bright spot, Mm-hmm. Was um, the the play of that of Derek Simpson? I mean, he, he yeah. continued to when he got a chance to play, he he showed yeah. up pretty well. He sure did. I, I think that you know, Coach Peichel has got to kind of kick himself a little bit for he he had the kid out there early, then he kind of got lost for a while there, and I don't know what yeah, like what it, that was. Maybe he wasn't he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain, or he was injured, or whatever. But he he kind of got lost there in the middle of the season, and then he came on towards the end again at the to, to, to go out on his last game with, you know, 19 points and four rebounds or four assists. The, the future is certainly bright for him. And, and yeah. the recruiting class coming in is, you know, he's got some serious talent coming in and there might be more. So stay tuned because Steve Peichel is, is um, they're not going to go gently into that good night. They're, they're, they're coming out. They're, they're ready to roll again. Yeah, I made the point that he, um, you know, he came out in that the first game against Indiana had a big game, and you thought, okay, this is this is Derek Simpson's. Uh, he's going to step up now, and and then he, uh, yeah, I don't think he was playing defense the way Michael wanted to him. Something was up, but he kind of got buried on the bench and and got. You know, he was still played, but it was you know eight minutes here, six minutes there, you know, yeah. and he really wasn't in the rotation. And then, you know, yeah, they certainly found him at the end of the season, didn't they? Huge game. The reason they came back against uh, Penn State. And then, you know, he had a big, uh, in a, a big game in the uh, Big Ten tournament, both, both against Michigan and Purdue. And, yep. then, and then also a big game against Hofstra. So, I mean, he can get a step on anybody. So he's a guy who can get to the, ba- uh, you know, the basket and get to the rim. And, yes. and, and they need that. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, the future is bright with him for sure. And uh, Omori uh, declared for the draft. I think he'll be coming back. I think they'll tell him he needs some things to work on. And so, Listen, one would he, hope he will come back. Yeah, he's got all the he's got all the requisite, you know, athleticism, and he can run like a deer. He can jump through the roof. He can block shots. He's got the wingspan. He's just not a great basketball player, unfortunately. And, and I, I don't think were the draft five rounds or three rounds, I still don't think he would get picked because yeah. all, all you have to do, you know, Steve is, you know, he's got, I get a kick out of like the NFL combine went on a couple of weeks ago and they, they're now these quarterbacks are doing their, their pro days and you see them throwing and they're, they're running around in like tidy whitey underpants and they're throwing the ball 70 yards in the air. And all of that looks great, you know, but what did you do on tape? You know, all you need to do, put on the game game footage and right. see what Cliff Amore does. I mean, more often than not, he's nowhere to be found or he's not, he's not doing successful things. Is he blocking a few shots? 
and getting rebounds, yeah. But I mean, for all that he brings to the table, he's somebody that for for um, for um, he, he just has he doesn't make such a great effect on the game, which is which is. Really, well, just he uh, needs to, you know, it's, it just comes down to low post moves. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have a low post game. And then when and he hits those little, those little baby hooks and all, just he doesn't have a touch on it. But here's the thing that's, that, that, that I don't understand. So you think a guy like that would be someone who can't shoot at all and then will go in the one of those guys who would go to the line and, and shoot 40% like Shaq or something. But, you know, he, he, actually has a decent touch from the line. He's got a good rotation on his ball. He's, he has decent yeah. touch. So you would think that it would come in some way. It's yeah. just, and then there's also, you got to, you got to ask the question, who's developing his game? Who on Rutgers staff is developing his game? You know, yeah. uh, you know, Brandon Knight, Steve Peichel, they're, they're guards. Um, is it Hobbs? Uh, you know, so I, I don't know who's, to, who's working Maybe now that Patrick uh, Ewing, oh, that's a sore spot, huh? Now that Patrick uh, Ewing is free, not that he'd come to Piscataway, but boy, it'd be great to have a big man to work on uh, on Cliff's uh, inside moves. But listen. You know what's amazing? But, I mean, he's been this big for a number of years, and he's been at some of the best. Yeah, but he started I mean, he in basketball late. John. High school program, you know, at, at yeah. Roselle Catholic, and he played with great high school players. He played in tournaments. And he's been in the Big Ten now for what three years? He's had people. I mean, it's it's not brain surgery. It's jump hooks. It's just doing them a million thousand, a yeah. thousand times. Well, it drop hasn't. step left. You go over your left shoulder. Drop step right. You go over your right shoulder. Jump hook. Uh, um, you know, pump fake. How about a pump jump fake, jump, man? It's it, you know, at some point you either have it or you don't. And he's been doing this with all of this athleticism and skill for all these years. And for some reason or another. It just doesn't get done on a consistent basis. So, you know, what? Well, what I don't want to say never say thing? never. I don't think, I think it can be developed. Now, he started late, John. I don't think he started playing basketball until he was like 14 or something like that. So, uh-huh. you know, he was, and yeah, I mean, that's like, it's not really late, but it's not like he picked up a ball when he was 18 or something. But, you know, listen, right. he, he, um, he's, look, the, the, the athletic ability is there. And I'm yep. just saying that I'm seeing some touch too. So there's got to be, I'm just going to say there's, and then listen, here's the thing. Rutgers will take them back all day. They're a better team with Cliff Amore without, oh without a doubt. I mean, the defensive presence, the uh, the rebounding, the shot blocking, and he played very good defense. Um, his rotations, oh, sure. his shifting, he's got good feet. That's the thing, man. He's, you know, I don't know, I just think he would figure out that end of it, that low post game. You know, and like you're saying, it's not it's not terribly hard, it's but you know, it just hasn't happened yet. So again, I would, Rutgers will take him back all day. And I, I wouldn't say that he can't develop it, but he certainly as we'll all agree, he yeah. he needs uh he needs work for sure. What are your thoughts on Seton Hall? I know you're locked into the Big East. You know, you're a Providence grad and you're, you're locked into your Friars. And I know you follow the Big East probably closer. You're closer to the Big East than you are the Big Ten anyway. Uh, and, you know, Seton Hall, you know, first year with Holloway. Um, what, what were your thoughts there, John? You know, I think I, and listen, I, I don't know the Seton Hall. I didn't know the Seton Hall roster up and down coming into the season. Um, I, I think maybe I, was expecting a little bit more than what, what they got. I mean, 
17 and 16, I think was the final record. Um, they were really hurt because they did not have an inside presence. They didn't, they didn't have a real good front court. And that hurts when you're playing in the big East, when, you know, size matters, the old, the old adage. Um, so I think at first blush, I, I wouldn't say the first season was a disappointment because, you know, Shaheen is new on the, on the scene, but, you know, part of me thinks I expected more. And, you know, I, I would think that if you ask Matt the same thing, he would tell you that he, he expected a little bit more than that. Whether they were an NCAA tournament team, that I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they were probably thought of to be an NCAA tournament team, but, you know, they, they were hurt down the, you know, towards the end of the season. Their best player was injured and really didn't play hardly at all. Um, and they didn't have size in the middle. And so when you don't have those two things, your best player not being out there and, you know, uh, uh, not a sieve in the middle, but you, you know, your best front court player, um, one of them being about six foot seven, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, sort of fighting with one arm tied behind your back. Yeah. And then <laughs> Alexis Yetna never getting on the court that hurt him. Kadari Richmond yeah. down the stretch getting hurt essentially is the, their best player. And then yeah. what do you have? Tyrese Samuels there. In the, I mean, it's just not enough, I guess. Clearly it wasn't. But the Big East, man, I mean, he's proven themselves to be a you know, damn good conference, you know? I mean, UConn's yeah. still alive. Creighton was there. Um, you know, Xavier Marquette, they all, they won their opening games anyway. Um, yeah, they had three teams in the Elite Eight. It yeah. Was, uh, it was something else. And and um, I don't know if you had a chance to see the end of it, but... Uh, the way that um, Creighton game ended, that that, that ticky-tack touch foul with 1.2 seconds left on the clock basically handed yeah. the game away. That's just got to make one of the two free throws. That was a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah. But, uh, or they would have had two teams. And then, yeah, it and was. Then, I mean, if you, when, you, when you do the whole slow-mo, I mean, he, he the guy, he grabbed his hip. I mean, he, he, he altered the shot. So was it a foul or not a foul? Yes, it was a foul. Now, do you call that in that spot? Another story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think and, you're yeah. right. He had his hand like in his lower back. He wasn't He wasn't on the ball. He wasn't on the arm. It didn't affect the follow through. And it was just sort of, you know, it's, that's one of those, I don't know, as somebody that watches, has been watching all that stuff for 100 years, that's not a foul in the first minute of the game. It's not a foul in the second minute of the game. And it's, they're clearly not a foul with 1.2 seconds left. And, and the and whistle didn't blow until, you know, the shot was gone and banged off the thing. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little delayed. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But and listen, they, they shot two for 17 from three-point range. And they could so buy it, yeah. you're not going to win games when that's your bread and butter. They're I will say San Diego State's defense. Teams, and they couldn't get it going. San Diego State defense was good. They were, they were on guys like a suit, man. It was, yeah. you know. I really so, like that team. They're, they're fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. And then, uh, a lot, you know, as is this Florida Atlantic, good grief. Yeah. Beat, right? I, yeah. I, I, I did not see them beating Kansas state and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, just uh, it's been an incredible run for them. So just think about that in the final, John, in the final, there's going to be either San Diego state or Florida Atlantic playing for the national championship. That's crazy. Yeah, It's amazing. And, and then you hear, you hear people say that, Oh, you, we can't win at a small school or we they, guys can't win at some, you know, we'll get into a little bit in a little bit talking about um, the head coach at my alma mater. The, the word was that 
He left Providence because Georgetown gives him a better chance to win a national championship. He can't. He couldn't win at PC. It was just too small. It was too heavy of a lift. Well, look at Florida Atlantic for God's sake. Yeah, right. They're in the Final right. Four. You think they have facilities that these Big East schools have? Cry me a river. Give me a break. Right. And Georgetown hasn't been relevant for a while now. They've been bad for oh, a while. Oh, awful. So awful. And and Ed Cooley had been was at Providence. And listen, I love the guy for what he did. He put us on the map, and he was a tremendous ambassador. But the way he left, the circumstances surrounding the way he left this team was beyond abysmal. I mean, he just basically flushed everything down the toilet. His legacy has been burned. He'll he'll never be you know really wow. welcomed back there with open arms anymore. Um, but he he was there for twelve years. He just got a raise at, at Georgetown. He's going to make $6 million a year, which is like fourth in the entire NCAA, okay? Wow. And in his 12 years, he has three, count them, three NCAA tournament wins, okay? The coach at Fairly uh, at Florida Atlantic has four wins already. <laughs> right. It's just the last two weeks. Right. So, you know, let's, let's, Settle let's down. look at things yeah. with a better, finer... Uh, why did Georgetown want him so bad? I mean, was you know, it the recruiting? He's got, a, um, he's got a great personality. He's got a great backstory. He's a good coach, but you know, he he was he always sort of had us there. But he, we wouldn't win games that we should have won, especially late in the season. And um, I don't know. I really don't know why they really set their sights on. Him. He was the coach of the year, the national coach of the year. Um, last year in collegiate athletics. And uh, I think that helped them. Um, and I think people do look at Providence as like some, you know, stepsister where they're, it's, it's an impossible place to win. It's a small school and a tiny state that, you know, yeah, it looks a lot really, like Georgetown. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Georgetown it. has history, you know, they have the John Thompson stuff and the national championship and the Ewing and all, but, you know, that was like a hundred years ago. Right. Kids nowadays, they don't even know who Patrick Ewing is. Right. They, weren't, they weren't really around. And that was an eternity was ago, man. Dead. We were That's we were really, kids, John. My goodness. Right. Wow. That's true. And so he's going down there, he's taking over that program that has now lost like six or seven guys to the portal. I don't even know if he's gonna have enough guys to field the team next year. Wow. Um and yeah. And the new guy at Providence, I, I, I have to tell you, I had to Google him to find out who the heck he was. And now I've got a man crush on him. He's a 34-year-old um, young man. His name is Kim English. He, he's from Baltimore. He played at Missouri. He was a, a four-year starter at Missouri. He played a year in the NBA and then played uh, some time overseas. And since he's been back, he's coached at a number of different spots. He was at Tennessee with Rick Barnes, who really gave him his first start. He was at uh, Colorado um, with Tad uh, Boyle, uh, was the coach there. And then he was, the last two years, he's been the head coach at George Mason, and they've, they've made um, some really great strides. And uh -huh. he's really an, an energetic guy. They just had the press conference for him yesterday. And it's, um, awesome. So went young. He's young, Bold. and he's Bold dynamic, move. and he's, He's got this great aura about him. The kids love him. A lot of our best players are, are sticking around. Our, our kid that was a first-team All-Big East 
Um, Bryce Hopkins, who could go pro, is going to stick around. He's coming back. And so I, I think I, I thought we were going down the toilet a week and a half ago. And now I'm, I think we might even be better than we were this year, uh, next year, at least if, if everything right. goes as plans. And so, you know, they say change is inevitable and it's hard, and but it's healthy. And oh, well, I know you were fuming when it first happened. My phone blew up and I got your text and I can understand. Oh I, I like God. what your I like what your athletic director said to him. He, you know, first year athletic director, he was like, listen, I thought the culture was different in this conference. I, you know, I guess the way things were handled, really. Oh, you, know, you know, some people said he was a crybaby, but he was, it, was, it was missing the point. He was really talking about, um, you know, integrity. And, it's never and, happened before. You know, we're another, another Big East school poaches the coach from the other team. It's never happened before. And, right. and there was some tampering that went on. I mean, it was really ugly. Mm-hmm. We were at one point. Providence was 17 and five and number 15 in the country. And from that point on, they went like two and six to end the season. The, half of them were blowouts. Remember they lost the, on senior day at home to, to Matt Seaton Hall team who was missing the two best players by 26 points. Right. And John, listen, it turned out there had been contact between Georgetown and Ed. Everybody oh, wow. says that the contract was basically signed, sealed and delivered. Oh, you know, like during uh, that time before the season oh, ended. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. so uncool, man. And yeah, so because that- like Rutgers, okay, Rutgers was sixteen and seven after that win at the Garden against Michigan State, right? Yeah, and they yeah. okay, sixteen and seven, and you know as much of a lock as you can as you as you can imagine to get into the tournament, and they went two and six just like Providence did. Yeah, you know, you truth. got you know what you guys had to win win better than us and get you got in exactly they both teams went down the toilet oh man yeah uh, brutal and you, you wonder what 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 causes all that stuff well we know it up in rhode island it was because the coach took his eye off the ball and was you know playing footsies with a with a yeah. a, a, a conference could very well know, be brother. yeah and, you know, and obviously with Rutgers, it was the mag injury was a p- big part of it. But I mean, as, yeah. as we said, I mean, that, you, you know, you got to be yeah. able to overcome that in some way. And they just couldn't. You know, I look you know. forward to seeing him next year. Yeah. Because if, if this guy is as good as everybody says, and the fact that their season tanked when he got hurt, this guy better be like Michael Jordan next year. I can't wait to see this. Well, he's he's long. He's uh, super energetic, you know, runs like a deer. And you know what? He started. Here's the thing about Mag that we have to understand. He started developing into a nice, nice offensive player. And he yeah. was Rucker's second best defensive player behind Caleb. Now think of Caleb next year. Think of Caleb that can score. I mean, he yeah. he's a nice player. So he'll develop, he'll continue to develop on the defensive end. He's long, he's quick, and you know, and he can hit the three. So, I mean, there was was a tendency where he got a little wound up and he would like take a couple of shots that would break the backboard and all. But he started calming down and really getting, you know, playing within himself and was, you know, by the way, when he went down against Michigan State, you know, he was the only one who was scoring in the first half. And it was such such a shame that he went down. Yes. And it was actually Paul Paul Mulcahy. It was great. Paul Mulcahy, who had one of the best games of his career in the second half. Um, you know, we know yeah, that he's, we he was inconsistent, you and I but remember the whole game. That he, was hilarious. Yeah. He was great. He was great in that second half and that's how they won. Yeah. But then, you know, they just, they went downhill from there and a big part of it was mad because he is a very good player, but you know, I'll still argue that they should, you know, 
Pike needed to figure that out. And you know, he didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't yep. work out. And so yep. water under the bridge at this point, because we're just been beating that dead horse. Right. But yeah, uh, sure let's go on the other side here. Cause we talked a little bit about San Diego state and Florida Atlantic, but how about UConn destroying Gonzaga, uh, oh, John, man. and they are just peaking at the right time. I think they're, I think they should do the way I'm seeing it, even though Miami's playing very well. And I thought Texas was the best team of the, of the yeah. eight. I really did. I, I thought that was the, hard to watch. Texas yeah. blow that 13 point lead. In the Unbelievable. Half. You know, Rutgers had a big lead on Miami late with like seven, eight minutes left. I think they had like a 10 point lead and they, they ended up uh, uh, giving it up. Um, yeah. So I guess a good late, late uh, surge, a surging team, I, I suppose. But anyway, and those, you know, they, uh, you know, Texas was in control of that game and then Miami just stole it. So that's going to yep. be a very that's uh, that's going to be a great game, and then to, to imagine UConn and Miami, they're going up against either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic. That, that that's amazing, but it uh, is amazing. I think it really uh, and truly yeah. is amazing. So I, I my money right now would be on UConn. I just think that the way I mean, you play, you know, Gonzaga was a, is a good team. They just got they blew them out. Oh man, um, Steve, they've they've annihilated everyone they've played. No yeah, one's been on they're the court looking, with them. They're looking really good. So I mean, they're just yeah. not beating people; they're bludgeoning people. Yeah. So yeah, maybe well, did they did they peak too soon? I don't know. Now Miami's right. a streaky team, man. They're like you know they're up and down, but boy, you know they're it's a good team. Low, Miami's you know? problem is they have really no size. Yeah, and Connecticut has size to burn. You know, yeah. Sonogo. And that freshman Klingon, who's like seven foot two, and he moves pretty well. They could, they could just really. Uh, it could be a barrage in the middle of just Connecticut owning the boards and, um, you know, really forcing. I, I would think that Miami's going to have to play some zone because they're not going to. They can't play man to man against those guys in the middle. They'll get, they'll get destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, um, it's, uh, it's going to be a great matchup, and I, I'm actually, you know. The San Diego State and Florida Atlantic is just very intriguing in that, in that just, I just, wow. Can you imagine? And you know, you know, everybody's putting their money on the winner of UConn Miami to take it all. Yeah. But, but I got to tell you, uh, you know, and maybe it will be a blow because all the games have been so close, except for the U UConn Z Gonzaga game. All the other games have been, you know, very close. It's been some yeah, great been games. Fun games to watch. Some great games. So, I think, hey, that, real quick, I think that will continue. Well, wow, yeah, and Princeton too. But and I can't Princeton, believe yeah, you know, New Jersey. Yeah, man. I mean, Matt and I were talking about it last week with Purdue again going down again. They go down to a 15 and a 16 the last two years. And you know, for me, I mean, it it, it just makes the Big Ten look bad. I mean, this is the Big Ten champion, one of the first, the, the you know, number one seeds. And yeah. to go down like that two years in a row, wow! But you know, what I mean, listen, and and you know what? Uh, Farrell Dickinson played Florida Atlantic pretty tough too. So they sure did. They went down to the wire with them. So and Florida's and that coach parlayed those two those two great games into the Iona job. Yeah, there you go. So Patino you know, moves move on up the ladder. Yep. And so uh, and here we go. So um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Looking the forward to it. Coaching Carousel. Weekend, I hope at least. Yeah, I think it will. I think it will be. And we'll uh, we'll certainly follow it. We'll get back with Matt and we'll certainly do a wrap-up show after uh, after it's all said and done. 
yeah. and talk about uh, next year. Also, real quick on Princeton, too. How about that, Johnny? I mean, that was a pretty nice run by them. They were tough. You better believe it. Get yeah. to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeez. a lot of teams would kill for that. No doubt. So, we, you know, the Jersey teams that, that stepped up were Fairleigh Dickinson and Princeton. Go figure. We got to cover these. Amazing? We got to cover these guys a little bit more. And this is Jersey hardwood. It's not just Rucker Seton Hall here. You no, know I, mean? I know, but so. our, our two flagship programs <laughs> didn't even make the tournament. And these two teams won a won yeah. a couple of games. You yeah. know, Princeton won a couple of games. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. A lot All right, of fun, so we enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we'll follow through. We'll follow through this final four. We'll get a champion, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up the basketball season. Uh, next week been uh been a pleasure talking hoops with you johnny so you can catch this show on spotify you can get it on soundcloud uh you can get it on stitcher and itunes and uh google play we're on a couple other uh directories as well our site too moresportsnow.com so check that out i'd like to uh, thank our sponsor lg insurance that'll do it uh for this week we'll uh, we'll catch you all next week we'll wrap up the season everybody have a nice week we'll uh, catch you later bye bye